All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Wally and Mathot Show. Now here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Brent Wallace. He's former NHL defenseman, Mark Mathot. This is episode 22. Now, Matthew, you've got some news to share with us. The World Championships are getting underway on Friday, and you are going to be heading to the Big Smoke to do a little TV work. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, they, uh, they called me last minute. Um, I don't know if somebody bailed or what had happened, but in any case, I'm taking the opportunity. I'm going to go over and cover, cover a couple games. Uh, the first one is Latvia and I believe Kazakhstan. So there, there's going to be some challenges presenting <laughs> in front of me here, but uh, you know what? I've got nothing to lose. I'm going to have some fun with it and see how it goes. I look forward to hearing you pronounce those names. Um, speaking of the world championships and good luck, by the way, speaking of the world championships, we have Roberto Luongo on the show today. Of course, he's the man, general manager of team Canada. He's also, there's about 17 jobs for the Florida Panthers, and he's got the Olympics under his belt as well. We're going to talk to him about all those things. Uh, we spoke to him just last week before he left for Latvia, and just before he announced Jacob Bernard Docker was joining the team. But we're going to talk to him about Nick Paul and Connor Brown and lots of other stuff. That is coming up in the chat, quenched by whitewaterbeer.ca. Also on the show today, it's a doubleheader, Matt. Igor Sokolov. So last night, the Belleville Senators win their franchise record eighth straight game. Igor Sokolov, who's the team's leading scorer, is going to join us in the show. We're going to talk to him about the great year he's had, especially the second half. Uh, that kid's really turned it around, and he looks like a, a really good prospect for the Ottawa Senators and a lot of fun to talk with as well. That's coming up in uh, the interview presented by Faces Magazine. Also, we're going to find out, Matt, 
Who's your winner for tonight's big game between Toronto and Montreal as they get set for their season, their series opener of the first time in 42 years? That's coming up in On the Points, presented by SportsInteraction.com. And one thing I want to talk to you about, I don't know if you've seen this, and so I'm doing some work, a little bit of research work. Um, the last time the Leafs and Habs met was 1979. That's the same year that Guy Lafleur, Hockey Hall of Famer, uh, released an album called Lafleur. It is uh, Guy Lafleur giving hockey instructions over the sound of disco music. <laughs> do you have a copy? No, I do not. So you'll have to you'll have to fill me in, or I guess I'll end up seeing it on the show. It's so, we'll it's so bizarre. That sounds Go hilarious, though. Yeah. Go to YouTube and watch it. It is phenomenal. I'm like, I don't even know how this would have been presented. Uh, uh, Amazing. One other note. Um, the Ottawa Senators' former general manager, Rick Dudley, when he was playing with the Buffalo Sabres, he also released a country album um, that he said. I don't know if anybody ever has a copy of the Rick Dudley country <laughs> album, but uh, interesting, just some weird, quirky facts. All right. Uh, um, cool. And, of course, we have a Trivial Trivia coming up with a new sponsor today of Bone Sauce Sauce. It is a local hot sauce company. Looking forward to that as well. But first, as always, Matt, let's get to the headlines presented by BEI, Bonisher Excavating, Inc., helping to shape the Ottawa value. Check them out at BonisherExcavating.com. All right, here we go, Matt. Melnick's miscue. Sends owner goes on podcast and continues to ignore the Ottawa fan base. Captain on the bridge. Melnick says a captain can't be on a bridge deal. What's that mean for Brady Kachuk? Centralized focus. Melnick also says the team needs a number one center and a top four D, which is interesting. Jettison, the Jets win game one against Edmonton on a busy Wednesday night in an NHL playoffs and playoff performer. So I want to know, Meth, what the difference is in the regular season to the playoffs. I don't want you just to tell me what the intensity level is like. I want to know what the challenges are and what the changes are that take place. All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's get to it. I'm going to take this one. Melnick's missed you. So I'm going to go with Bell Media gives the Ottawa Senators over $33 million a year. And Eugene Melnick continues to go on Toronto radio, Toronto podcast. This time it was with Bob McCowan and continues to talk about his team while ignoring the people that actually put money in his pockets and not to talk about the people in Ottawa or talk to the fans in Ottawa and continue to just pretend that they somewhat exist, but we're not really going to talk to them. We're not going to take any questions. He could have easily gone on TSN 1200. He could have gone CFRA. He could have gone on any number of media outlets that are not even Bell-owned or anything in Ottawa just to talk, and he doesn't. So he continues to shoot himself in his foot and continues to alienate him, and I don't understand why as an owner you would want to do that and not speak to the fan base. And that, it just blows my mind that he continues to do this and continues to say, I prefer Toronto to all of you, and I'm never going to really be acclimated to Ottawa because it's not where I really want to be. Well, we should have him on the show. I asked. Okay, and I, I, what, what answer did you get? Yeah, well, we're, we're still waiting. I don't think it's anytime soon. Let's just say <laughs> that. Uh, okay. We'll move on. Captain on the bridge. So on the same podcast, he says I, uh, that they're not going to have a bridge deal and, and name captain if that's the case. So Brady Kachuk, as we all know, is an RFA. His deal is coming up. So he said, quote, I think we're on the same planet with Brady's agents and him. We think and we really believe that he's the leader of the team and is pivotal and is a pivotal part for us. But these things come down to sometimes things that you can't even understand. I'm not really sure what this means. All I know is if you're Brady Kachuk, does this not give you a little more bargaining power knowing that they're not going to give me the captaincy unless I sign a long-term deal and they want me now to sign a long-term deal. I don't think they're going to give it to Thomas Shabbat. It's going to be me. So what do I do? 
Yeah, that's a tough one because I guess it depends how much weight you put onto that. I mean, I think I, I think most players, certainly if you know you're the outright leader on the team, you want to be the captain, you want to be that go-to guy. But then I question it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a letter, right? Yep. It doesn't necessarily represent who you are as a player or a person when it comes to your on-ice performance and your off-ice, uh, you know, I guess leadership in the dressing room and around the guys. So to me, if I'm Brady, I'm not too concerned about risking losing my captaincy over a contract I think my eye is on the prize and I want to you know make what I'm what I'm worth and, and I think in his case right now it's pretty simple I think he's got all the bargaining power I mean I think the secret is out we all know how valuable Brady Kachuk is for this hockey club he knows how valuable he is and his old his old man is an ex-NHL player and a fantastic player at that who has a ton of experience he knows how to talk to his kids and and present them with, with solutions when these little issues arise. So to me, it's simple. I think Brady's in the driver's seat still. Um, great. If he can sign a long-term deal that he's happy with, that's probably the best case scenario here um, for him and everybody else involved. But I mean, if he wants a bridge deal, he's going to get it. Okay. Here's the question. I'll make this quick. Does he get more money than Thomas Shabbat? Is he not the better player? So he deserves a bigger contract than 8 million a They're year. They're different. No, I don't think so. Really. I don't. I, I hate the comparison because Thomas Shabbat is an absolute workhorse on the back end and he's a leader. And, and, and there's an argument to be made that he might be the captain as well. He's a different type of leader. Brady Kachuk is an emotional leader. I know that's not the question you're asking me. It's the money. I, to me, I think they both, they're both incredibly valuable to this team in their own right. And when we talk about dollars, this is out of my realm of expertise. You're the numbers guy, Wally. I just think that, you can't tell me that Brady Kachuk is worth that much more. I think Thomas Shabbat's deal was a steal for the team. I do. And I think that, you know, he did, he made that decision, you know, to get that job security at the time when he signed it, it made sense for him. And if he's happy with that, that's great. So there could be an argument to be made there that maybe we got him, you know, at a really good value as far as dollars go and that Brady's going to be looking for more. But when you're comparing the two players, I don't know that one's worth more than the other. I do. It'll be interesting to watch this contract because uh, I think yeah. that Brady Kachuk is going to want to be front end loaded with signing bonuses, which is what most players want. There is no signing sure. bonus money with Thomas Shabbat. And that's how the Ottawa Senators want to be. They do not want to pay money up front. So interesting to see how that part plays out. Something to keep an eye on. All right, Great. moving on. Centralized focus. Do the Sens need a number one center? I thought we settled on the Josh Norris was going to be able to carry this team. And now... Eugene Melnick says, nope, they need a number one center and a top four D. We've discussed the top four D ad nauseum, but then uh, general manager Pierre Dorian comes out and says, yeah, but we, we like our top four D and we don't think we need to add one. So where are we at? Let's start with the center. I mean, I thought we've had this discussion and I'm not talking about you and I, Wally, but I mean, yeah. just in general, I think most people, I, I thought all agreed that Josh Norris was the guy. And I mean, quite frankly, they're not, these guys aren't a dime a dozen out there. I mean, if you want to go at free agency and find some stud and throw, you know, the checkbook at him, great. That's, that's always an option, but it's incredibly difficult to do. And when you happen to have a guy who's met that criteria already from this year, he's a good two-way guy. I don't have to get into depth again. We all know what yep. Josh Norris brings to the table. He's reliable. I think they're solidified up there. I do agree with going after the top four. And I do know that Pierre probably won't openly say that because you don't want to lose that bargaining power when it comes to finding a guy. And of course that doesn't necessarily apply to free agency, but it does if you're looking to make a hockey trade. Sure. So I know that 
you know, we all know Eugene will say some stuff sometimes, and he's speaking his mind in this case, and I do agree with him as far as going after a top four. I think it's a necess necessary uh, uh, piece that this team needs. But, I mean, the centerman, I think that's all set right now. I think if Pinto comes in and happens to play out of his mind, then you have a great one, too. You can't rely on, on Pinto to come in and perform at that level. I don't think that's a tall task for a young player. But, quite frankly, these are just the options that we have right now, and, and they're limited. And that's the interesting thing is always going to be like if Jack Eichel or some superstar is available and you're going to pay for that, but sure. that's, that's a whole different level. And, I, and no one would yeah. argue that he would be a number one center compared to Josh Norris, Norris at this yeah. point. All right. Uh, yeah. Let's move on now to jettison. And that is the jets claim game. One of their series with Edmonton, they hold Connor McDavid and Leon dry off the score sheet. Interesting to note because in the nine games that McDavid played against Winnipeg, he had at least two points every game, 22 points yeah. overall. What is it that they were able to do to win game one and shut those two guys down? They just, Winnipeg just played tight. I mean, to me, from what I saw, at least, they just seemed like they were all on the same page. I know it's a very generic comment, but it's it's especially true when you're playing against a guy like Connor McDavid early on Dreisaitl. And it was funny. I saw, I saw a takeaway where I believe it was Pionk that kind of grabbed him and someone had tweeted something online that he was getting in his kitchen. And I'm thinking like, well, you're not really going to get in Connor McDavid's kitchen that way. And certainly not Pionk. But what I do like is the way they played defensively. They just seemed all tight. You had good goaltending and it was just consistent. No one saw this coming. I didn't see this coming. I think based off the stats and you and I love that number as far as Connor McDavid being able to feast on this hockey club. And I was questioning Winnipeg's defense pretty well for that entire last stretch thinking after the deadline, boy, I would have loved to have seen them gone out and grabbed a guy, but now I'm wrong. They looked really strong defensively, really nice on transition. They looked like they were controlling the play and they were frustrating Edmonton at times. So a lot of great takeaways, but honestly, not what I had envisioned. I for sure had my money on Edmonton possibly sweeping the series. So it just goes to show you that I'm not necessarily the best analyst that is out there. <laughs> well, I will say, though, I like Connor Hellebuck is in goal. So there gives you an edge, uh, I think, right away. But but let's yeah. not forget it's game one and things can change, can change quickly. Right. And so we may be sure. talking about game two of Connor McDavid having five points and all different kinds of different. The styles. narrative can change quickly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, let me quickly add to that is. Pionk is obviously trying to either get into his uh, McDavid's kitchen or trying to get him off his game. Does that work with superstars? Like, was that what your job was against Sidney Crosby? Yes, but there's an argument here. And it's that I think what aggravates the superstars more is the fact that people, pigeons like you and I, are talking about it and, and assuming that it's bothering them, right? So if they're paying attention to any random news headline and they see some random or they see a random tweet, talking about how a player got in their kitchen that night, that might aggravate them a little bit in the moment. It's nothing. You just, you know, it's rinse and repeat, go back out there and play. But I think the more it gets discussed, the more it might irritate that player. So, I mean, it's, it's all gamesmanship within the game. And I was trying to get under Sid's uh, skin as well, but I mean, I don't know that that even worked maybe a little in the regular season. I think I fish hooked him on in one game in a scrum, but in, in the series, or maybe it was an eye gouge, but during the, uh, but during the postseason. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, it's hard because you can't take bad penalties. Sure, you might be able to grab a guy after a whistle in a scrum, but really, what are you accomplishing? Not a whole lot. To me, it's playing hard, finishing all your checks, being a gnat, like always in their kitchen, always in their face, not giving them any room out there. The theatrics after the whistle don't necessarily always work. I'll make this one quick, and that is the Washington-Boston series has been fantastic. And all three games have gone to overtime, including double overtime last night. Do you think yeah. this series, it's 2-1 Boston. Do you think it can go either way still? Is it just 
a typical, this is probably a seven game type series. Yes. And I say this only because we're talking about the Washington capitals. I, I can't bet against them yet. And I believe I'd have to look at my bracket. I'm pretty sure I had uh, Washington moving forward. So I can't believe I have to think about that, but to me, they're just, they're all around a better team. I thought, but the counter argument to that has always been, well, the winning in, in the winning culture, excuse me, in Boston yeah. is, is something that's just priceless, right? You can't really, you can't, you can't put a number on that. And, and, and it's really hard to analyze, but that, that like unknown X factor that's in the room with some of those players in Marshawn, Bergeron, Krejci, it's something that you can't replicate and you certainly can't buy at the deadline. So Again, it's tough to bet on any team in particular right now. I think as far as I go, I'm just enjoying it at face value and taking it game by game. I still like Washington, though. I, I mean, it's been a great series. and I'm starting to lean more towards Boston. I just get a feeling that Boston just is a different yeah. level. Than, I, I don't know what it is, and I think it's because they've been there, that playoff experience and those guys. And yes, I know, know how to win. Washington's won a Stanley Cup, but you just it feels different with Boston. All right, on to the last one, playoff performer. I don't want you to tell me about that the playoffs are intense. I want you to tell me what it's like as a player and how you adapt differently in the postseason. It can't just be about, well, I skate harder. So give me what it takes to be a, a hockey player switching from the regular season to the post postseason. Well, I mean, skating harder is always a good thing. So I don't see that as being a bad answer, but it's not interesting, I guess. So, no, the postseason is different. And, and certainly we're all aware of how the temperature gets raised. Uh, there's a lot more stress, a lot of pressure on players, and it all starts after your, your last regular season game. You've got about four days to prep. The team will give you a booklet. You've got all your hot takes on each player, their tendencies, players that you need to focus in on, um, perhaps play a little more physical on, try to get them off their games. And I'm not talking dirty stuff. I'm talking clean, but, but, and, and it's, and I've always said this, it's a war of attrition. You're always slowly pounding down on players, you know, making contact every opportunity you got. And over the course of a couple of games, those bumps and bruises start to really become a factor. So for me, in, in my experiences playing, that was always my approach. I'm going to make sure I finish all my checks, never turn away from a player when you're on your four check. If, if you're a forward, don't turn away from the D-man when they go D to D. Make sure you finish your checks on him. And it's constant pucks to the net, getting lots of traffic, trying to get under the goaltender's skin, get in his way, get in his face. If you're facing a player like Connor McDavid or Alexander Ovechkin, get in their way at any opportunity, get in their way. I don't care if you're a skilled guy, it doesn't matter. And I still remember even guys like Kyle Turris, they would finish their checks on these players. They would get in their way, you almost like a gnat, just following them around the ice. And you could kind of see that with the, as we discussed already with Winnipeg, their approach with Connor McDavid, and it worked. Uh, it's just a different game. And, and, and it, you know, the theatrics between the whistles sometimes can, can play a factor, but you have to be very smart because you certainly don't want to take, take too many penalties. So there's all kinds of stuff like this that's going on. A lot of gamesmanship because you're facing the same guys every other night. It can get very challenging. Uh, in that Edmonton-Winnipeg game, game one, 68 hits by the Winnipeg Jets, 118 hits overall total. You know that they're trying to obviously wear it down. Is that become the sure. biggest single change or is there a defensive mindset where you sacrifice offense just to play that game and try and win one nothing? Well, yes and no. I think it, this statement is particularly true if you're playing against a generational talent like Connor McDavid, and we know how dangerous he can be offensively. But I like what you just said there, Wally, the physicality. That is one of the most important things that changes in the postseason because it truly does just wear you down. And I'm talking, it could be the first shift 
of any given game that I'm playing against in a series, perhaps against uh, against Pittsburgh when I was playing in 2017. I might take a hard hit in the corner by a smaller player, but maybe it jams my wrist a little bit or my elbow or my shoulder. And now I'm feeling that for the rest of the series because you don't have an opportunity to recover. So those are all things that are happening. And, and again, it's it's just an approach that you have to take. You have to buy in. You have to make life difficult for the Leon Dreisaitl's and Connor McDavid's and Alexander Ovechkin's. You have to be hard to play against. And over the course of a long series, it can really pay great dividends. Interesting stuff. All right, those are the headlines brought to you by BEI, Bonisher Excavating, Inc., helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. Check them out at BonisherExcavating.com. Coming up after the break, Roberto Luongo, the Team Canada GM, and Meth, I promise we are not moving anywhere. We will be staying right here. You're watching the Wally Mathot Show. Time now for the chat, quenched by Whitewater Brewing Company. From blonde ales to New England IPAs, Whitewater beer is brewed by friends for friends. Available at the LCBO, licensed grocers, and shopwhitewater.ca, where you enter coupon code Wally and Mathot and get 15% off. Must be 19 years of age or older. Please be joined now by... There's a, no question. You are the hardest working man in hockey. Roberto Luongo, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. Good to be here. Okay. I, if people don't know, you have, let's see, uh, your advisor, special advisor, the GM in Florida, Dale Talent. You are now the general manager of the World Championships and the assistant GM to the Olympic team. Like, Can you just take me through the day of Roberto Luongo? I'm also the director of the goaltending excellence department. You forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Sorry. So, yeah, I got I got a few things on my plate right now, but they're all fun. Uh, I'm enjoying it. You know, I'm learning a lot uh, in the last few months, which has been great. Uh, it's something that I've been wanting to do. Uh, I've been thinking about a lot, a lot in the last couple of years of my career. So uh, I'm two feet in. I'm enjoying it and um, I'm trying to learn as much as I can. Would you ever coach? No, coaching is not for me. I don't have, I don't have enough patience with the players. <laughs> <laughs> all right fair enough let's okay first we'll start with the world championships that's coming up here and that is I, the pressure always is under canada to win and it doesn't matter what the event is what's the pressure like as a gm to try and build a world championship team where you know you don't have all the best players a lot of guys still playing in the nhl and all that stuff so what's it like mentally for uh, to build a world championship team well listen i think for me it was uh, it's my first crack at it so uh, most mostly it was excitement uh you know as uh these are the types of things that I like to do. I mean, this is why I, I wanted to go into management is to build teams, uh, to put assemble. It's like a puzzle, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's a bit of a different situation with, with, you know, you don't, you don't have access to all the players, but uh, you know, we have a lot of good players in Canada. So that's, that's the one thing that we can uh, rely on that. Uh, there's a lot of players that we can uh, go to if, you know, circumstances dictate whether they're able to play or not. And Lou, I just, just to touch on that, how hard has it been to like recruit guys? I don't know how much you can actually divulge right now, but I can only imagine it'd be a bit of a nightmare logistically for a lot of guys to get out there, right? Well, listen, I mean, it's, uh, we all know the circumstances uh, with this season, right? With the COVID, it hasn't been easy on anybody. Uh, so, you know, some, uh, you know, older guys with families and all that kind of stuff, you know, you understand those types of things, but yeah. um, you know, we wanted to obviously put guys in situations where they would be excited to go. And we got a great response in that regards. Uh, I think we have a fairly young team with a good mix of veterans. So uh, I'm pretty excited about our club, to be honest with you. You know, we're, we're, we're uh, we have a good group of guys that are hardworking, uh, fast team. So, uh, you know, we'll see how we stack up against the best. You've added a couple of Ottawa Senators in Nick Paul and Connor Brown. Um, 
what is it you liked about their games and how have they evolved over the season? Well, they've had great seasons, both of them. I think, uh, you know, Nick Paul is, uh, is a guy that works hard. He's a leader on the ice. You could tell that, uh, you know, he's one of the guys that uh, other players rally around. Uh, you know, Connor's been uh, a goal-scoring machine this year, which has been great to see. Uh, I think he's got 21 goals, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in the deal with 21. So uh, uh, we always like guys that can put the puck in the net. You know, it's not a bad thing. Uh, you don't have Thomas Shabbat, which I'm, I'm assuming you were hoping for. I, obviously disappointed not to perhaps have him as your number one D. Yeah, obviously. I mean, uh, Shabby's a guy that we uh, we targeted early, especially uh, considering, you know, he's in the mix for the Olympics. He's one of the guys that, uh, you know, we, we have on our list that we, we want to keep evaluating. So it would have been nice to have him there. But uh, the circumstances, you know, with, with that uh, injury at, towards the end of the year, it, uh, it was it was impossible uh, for him to be there. What's the, I guess, the update as we ask about the Olympics? And that is, is there any kind of, like, are you just preparing that there's going to be NHL players? Is it kind of tough that way? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're going as, as business as usual. We're preparing as if, you know, there will be. So uh, if things change, we'll, we'll change our, our, our approach. But for right now, we're, we're assuming uh, that uh, we'll be going. So uh, we're, we're having our meetings and we're discussing guys and we're trying to narrow down a list here. Okay, we'll move on because I, I want to get to Florida. And there's been a great turnaround, and I'm going to look at goaltending or even goals against. And I'm tell me about, I guess, the turnaround you've had. You went from 28th last season uh, to ninth this year in goals against average at 270. And you've got a former Ottawa center that we all know here, Chris Drieger, but Bobrovsky's played well, and now you have Spencer Knight, who's 4-0 in the season. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a good problem to have, right? So uh, <laughs> we've, uh, but it's not just the goalies; it's a team thing. I think as a team, we 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 played better. Uh, you know, we. Uh, uh, we had more puck possession, so that was uh, takes a little bit of stress off our goaltenders uh, in our own zone. And uh, you know, we uh, we didn't uh, we haven't been allowing as many uh, slot chances as as last year. So uh, all in all, our goalies have played well. Uh, but at the same time, I think our team game has has been so much better that it helps the goalie. I think it goes hand in hand, right? Uh, when the team plays well, it's easier for the goalies, and then when the goalies play well, it makes it easier for the team to to do what they got to do. Did you have any idea Chris Drieger was going to have this kind of season? I mean, he showed a glimpse of it last year, um, you know, when he came up. I think uh, uh, I knew how good he was because uh, my brother's been working with him in Springfield uh, the last uh, year, year and a half. And then uh, uh, he was playing terrific down there. And when he came up last year in the midway through the season, I uh, wasn't sure what to expect, right? Because uh, there's a pretty quick ascension for him to the NHL. But uh, he came out, he, he was steady every game. His numbers were very similar to the ones he had this year. So it was only a matter of, uh, you know, realizing if he could duplicate it again coming into this year. And obviously he showed everybody that he did. I will say meth has picked Florida as his dark horse to win the Stanley cup. I will give him wow. that. And yeah, no, it's, I don't know if the seas have parted here in Ottawa, but what is it that you, you like about this team and how it's built? That's going to, I guess, create waves. Cause it's been a very good season for the Florida band. Well, there's two things that I really uh, love about our team. Uh, first, we got a lot of character. Uh, we brought in some guys that really changed uh, uh, the character, the leadership in, in our group and, and uh, the way we play. Uh, you know, we, we hold guys accountable. So that, that, that really changed the dynamic of our group in general. And the second thing is I think we're fast. You know, we, we always push the pace. Uh, we're dangerous, uh, you know, when we're coming off the rush and, and it backs off teams and uh, we're able to uh, control the game a little bit more because of our speed. It's, is there an excitement like when you're fit in, in Canada, there's obviously the Leafs and uh, Habs matchup. Is there one for the Tampa and Florida? Like is Florida pretty excited to see how this is going to play out? 
Oh, of course. There's a lot of buzz in the city. Um, you know, we, we, we've been able to have fans at our games the whole year. So uh, uh, even though it was only, you know, four or 5,000 uh, per game, uh, there was still excitement. And you could feel how everybody's talking about it the first time in history that we get to, to meet our cross-state rivals. So I think there's a, there's a lot of excitement in the air. And, uh, you know, the fact that we started home is, uh, is an added bonus for us. And, uh, um, you know, we're really excited to get a start of Sunday night. And there's, there's a little bit of a hate on between those two teams right now. Hey, Lou, like I, I've just noticed just based off the highlights and some of the games, are they going to get pretty heated early on? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there was always a little bit of a rivalry there, but, uh, you know, given the fact that we know we're playing each other now, the last two uh, games of the regular season, that was heightened by uh, tenfold. So uh, a lot of fights, uh, a lot of chirping going around, but that's the fun. That w- that's what makes yeah. it fun. You know, that's what makes it a series. And uh, who knows what it's going to be like Sunday night, but I'm sure that uh, there's going to be a, uh, you know, just as intense, if not more, uh, there's a lot more on the line, of course. So, but uh, that's the beauty of the playoffs. It's always so intense and, and, and there's so much involved other than just, uh, you know, who scores more goals. It's, it's, it's almost a mind game with the other team and who yeah. could stay uh, at, at even keel level and not get too uh, emotional about it. You uh, entered the year as the third winningest goaltender of all time. And then you saw Marc-Andre Fleury take over third spot. Uh can you sum up, I guess, the career he's had? Because you know what it takes to get there. You play the second most games in NHL history for a goaltender. I'm just, that's an incredible feat for all of you to be in that kind of category. It's amazing. You know, uh, I've just watched him and he's just uh, just so steady year after year. And that's what makes great goaltenders, right? Every, he doesn't have one good year, one bad year. Every year he's there, he plays well. And the thing I love about the most about him is, it kind of reminded me a little bit of my path as well, minus the Stanley Cups. But uh, the fact that, you know, a couple of times he lost his job and he came back strong, you know, with Pittsburgh with to Murray, he went to Vegas and he, and he came out flying. And, and last year, you know, they went to Leonard uh, at the beginning of the playoffs, which could have been, you know, the end of him. But no, he came back this year and he's going to be a Vezina finalist. So that's what I admire about him. You know, the fact that he's able to not let that stuff bother him and just keep doing this thing and, and having a, a smile on his face and be a good teammate and, um, it's really remarkable and, and I really, uh, you know, uh, respect them for that. Yeah. You talk about teammates. I've spent uh, some time trying to talk to a couple of your former teammates just to see what I could find about Roberto Longo. <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple of things, but I will say is Jamie McLennan really bad at poker on the plane? The worst poker player bar none that I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> he told me that you, I guess, basically kicked him out of playing. Yeah, I don't know if he told you the story or not, but we were on a flight and uh, it was probably an hour or two into the trip and he was getting a little bit antsy and he didn't want to play anymore. So I, I had a good hand. I went all in and he because he didn't want to play anymore, he called me with a bad hand, but ended up hitting a river, miracle river and took me out. So from that point on, that was his last card game of the year. <laughs> so good. Are you that intense? Yeah, I take my stuff seriously. I mean, uh, when I when I played poker, I, I, I read a, lot, a ton of books. You know, I, I was I was really into it. And, and I, I really had no time for guys that didn't take it seriously. and just just called because they wanted to play a hand. So <laughs> uh, also, you've been very I, does your job affect how you tweet now? Uh, your account, I think you get 775,000 followers, whatever, but you're a lot more quiet. Is that because of all the roles you now have? Um, I don't know. I just, uh, you know, I, I feel like with my account, you know, when I feel like I uh, tweet something, I do. And there's no uh, set number of tweets or uh, I got to tweet once a week or once a day, anything like that. I just, 
you know, even even before I was, uh, you know, in management, my, my account was a little bit slower as far as tweets are concerned, but uh, I try to put out good ones when I do. Who, Lou, I, I, I got to know this because when yeah. I played, I think it was back in Columbus when I was still there, there was always this buzz, like, who's running this account? Who outed you? Like, someone had to give you <laughs> up, right? Like, so who, who, which player that you were playing with outed you? Well, when, when it first started, it was only supposed to be for, for, you know, for my friends and whatever. And then I think uh, after one game, I think it was Ryan Kessler, he tweeted something about, uh, I enjoy long, long walks on the seawall or, or something like that <laughs> along the line. So it kind of kind of caught on a little bit. And then uh, within a couple of weeks, maybe I think, I'm not sure if it was Kevin BX or somebody else tweeted something else. And by that point, um, everybody kind of figured out it was me. I never really admitted to it, which is which is the beauty of the whole thing because I don't, yeah, I didn't, didn't need to, 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 you know, to confirm it was me. To this day, I'm not even verified, which is the way I want it to be. Uh, so there's always a little bit of mystique around it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Strombone One is the account if anybody hasn't followed it. Um, what about Kevin BX as a teammate? Uh, where would he rank on your all time list? Oh, he's up there, and and, and I tell you what, when we, with that team with the, with the Canucks, we had some great uh, great guys in there. We had the, the Sedins that were, you know, just wonderful human beings, and and Juice and Burroughs and those guys. So we we had a lot of laughs. I mean, different characters, but uh, you know, we uh, I got a handful of guys that I that I always uh, you know put as my favorite teammates, and obviously Juice is one of those guys that's up there with them. Uh- when it comes to stay-at-home defensemen, so I'm always trying to see a way to pump mess tires. Are you a big fan of the stay-at-home defenseman in front? Is that your type of guy? I thought you were going to ask me if Kevin was a stay-at-home defenseman. I was going to stop you right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you always respect those guys and enjoy them. When, when I played, my favorite defenseman was Willie Mitchell. You know, he was <laughs> he was my favorite player every year. You know, just steady, cared about the penalty kill. Like, who cares? Predictable. Who cares about the penalty kill except for him? So I was like, I always loved guys I always love to, to talk about it with him like that. And we played together in Vancouver and then also in Florida. So when he finished up his career there. When's the last time you played goal? My last, uh, my last hockey game. I haven't, uh, I haven't put on the pad since I've been on the ice a few times, but as a forward, uh, which is my real passion. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've been, uh, it was, it was, I played as a forward a few times. I haven't, I haven't really strapped the pads on. Um, you know, I, I'm actually a little bit scared to do so. My, my, my hips and my groins are not, they're not in great condition. So I'm actually a little bit worried that if I do, I might, I might, uh, hurt myself. I haven't been stretching as much the last couple of years. You know what I mean? That's now, are you a dangler? Like, do you play beer league? Cause I used to play against or with Ron Tugna. And when, as soon as he took the pads off, he would toe drag everybody, never come off. Uh, are you that type of player? I'm not a dangler, but I got like elite vision. You know, I'm more of a playmaker, two way forward. <laughs> Uh, responsible, you know, good face-off guy. So first guy back, it's a, that type of player. <laughs> okay. Uh, finally, about noodles. Uh, yeah. What's the relationship like? It just seems like you two were the best of buddies that could ever possibly be in a goalie tandem of all time. Oh, noodles is the best. I mean, uh, we didn't play together that long. I think it was only it maybe seems a couple like years. It. I, mean, it was a, I don't even remember. You must have played five games in two years. So I don't remember how many years it was, but he didn't uh, – we just got got along great, and you know he got along with my my family uh, in laws that were that were down here, and we always kept that relationship. So uh, we still keep in touch uh, regularly. Um, so he's he's awesome. He's such a just a nice, kind guy, and, and funny, and we share the same kind of humor. So we we get along great. Uh, is it tough for you to show that type of humor? You always seem to be fairly stoic, but anybody that I ever talked to that's played with you, like 
he's the funniest guy we've ever been around. So are you fairly guarded? Well, I, I've always been shy by nature, right? I haven't been, uh, you know, especially when I was younger. I think I've, I've, I've opened up a little bit more as I've gotten older. But, uh, you know, when I was younger, I was really serious and, and, and reserved and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's why I kind of created the Twitter account to begin with, right? Just to show that side of me, because especially when I played in Vancouver, it was tough for me to you know, be that way in front of the camera because, uh, you know, I, I, I actually tried to do it a couple of times and didn't go over so well. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to stick to the basics here and, uh, and stuff like that. But and that's why I kind of created a Twitter account just to show that side of me. Uh, one of the last questions I have for you is who's your one player you hated facing as a forward, maybe. Well, me, it was, it was Bufflin, um, just because he was always in my crease. You know, I made a, I made a, I made a poem about him with the, with the Duffy. So, uh, you guys, right. can if you want. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he was always in my face, especially during those playoff series. Uh, uh, I remember one, one game he, uh, he, he, he took the puck to the net through the crease and he landed on top of me. And then he had my arm, yeah, he had me in an arm bar, like a, a UFC arm bar. I was tapping out, but he wasn't letting go. So I don't know what the rest was doing now, but. That's outstanding. Oh, that's awesome. uh, and I don't want to keep much of your time. I know you got to get going and you got so much going on. Um, world championships. You're going to start playing Latvia on Friday. Uh, I guess, what is the next step for your team just to try to get everybody there? You've got Gerard Galan as your head coach. Uh, yeah. Andre Tourney, one of our good friends here in Ottawa, is on the bench as well, or at least he's on uh, the staff. There seems to be just a lot of excitement around the group that you've been able to build. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we're all, uh, we, you know, our club's uh, is made. We, we got all our guys now. Uh, coaching staff's in place. Uh, we're, we're taking off this weekend for Latvia. We don't have that much time to, uh, to get ready. Uh, you know, we have to quarantine two days when we get there in our rooms. But uh, after that, we have three days of practice and away we go. So uh, there's no exhibition games or anything like that this year. So it's going to be important and over the course of the next week to really uh, come together as a group and learn the systems and make sure that everybody's on the same page so that when the puck drops, uh, we just keep building and, and getting better as a team so that when the elimination games come, uh, we're, we're at our best. I think you played in three worlds. Can you tell me from a player's perspective, I've always talked to Mark about this and I've done a few myself, the excitement and what it's like to play in a world championship. Cause if you don't ever really get to go, you can't appreciate the fun that surrounds this kind of event. Oh, it's a, it's a blast. I think, uh, you know, you get to spend uh, three weeks uh, usually in a European country uh, for the most part, um, you know, you get to explore places that you've never been before and, and be with a bunch of guys and have fun and play hockey and, and also, you know, while you're representing your country, which is the best hockey country in the world. So uh, uh, you can't ask for much more than that. And, and uh, you know, uh, I remember being young. It's just something that I looked forward to, not, not, not necessarily missing the playoffs. But, you know, back in the day, uh, that, was, uh, that was something that, uh, that, that came around almost every year. And, and I look forward to it. Uh, this has been uh, very special to me because the first time I ever got to interview you was 1999 here in Ottawa at the Memorial Cup. And so it's been a long time, long as I've got to chat with you, and I appreciate it. You've uh, always been very good to deal with. So, uh, Roberto Luongo, good luck with Team Canada at the World Championships, and thanks for stopping by. My pleasure. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, so. All right, that was the chat quenched by Whitewater Brewing Company. Whitewater delivers beer right to your door, and they're offering exclusive savings to Wally Mathot listeners. Shop whitewater.ca and use Wally and Mathot for a 15% off coupon code must be 19 years of age or older.
All right, time now for On the Points, brought to you by SportsInteraction.com. Sports Interaction is Canada's odds makers. Head over to SportsInteraction.com slash Wally and Mathot today. Get in on the action. Must be 19 years or older to play. Okay, Math, four games in the NHL tonight, but really north of the border, it seems like there's only one that's the focus. After 42 years, the Leafs and Abs are going to face off in a playoff series. Let's start with game one winner. Who do you pick tonight? I've got Toronto. Um, you know what? Just based off of what I've seen through their consistent play, I know that them and Montreal both started off at the top of the north at the start of the season, and Montreal trickled off a little bit. They had a lot of injury issues. I know a lot of their guys are going to be back for this series, but I think your X factor here is Carey Price. And is he going to be the old Carey Price that we're all aware of and that we know? I mean, you just don't know. And I think if, if Toronto just keeps up with their strengths, which is predominantly their offensive ability, I think Montreal is going to be in trouble. So I got to go with my Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm going to take, and it's seriously, I'm going to take Montreal based on adrenaline alone. I think that they come in, they're playing on house money because no one's expecting them to win a single game. You have Carey Price who knows how to raise his game to play in playoff games. I don't like Toronto's goaltending and I haven't for a long time. I don't know that either Jack Campbell or Freddie Anderson can get the job done on a consistent basis. I think the Montreal Canadiens are going to surprise the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight and take game one. Yeah, now, and, if, and if Montreal is going to take this game, I just wanted to add, they need to play greasy. They're not going to – they can't trade chances with Toronto. So, I mean, and I saw some of the some of the lineup changes. I'll be curious. I'm not sure how they're going to go with it. I know that maybe they're going to lean towards veterans, but, I mean, it comes down to goal scoring, man, and I just don't think they can keep up. Okay, but in the playoffs, it doesn't always necessarily end up being about goal scoring. It's about one nothing, two one hockey games. They just need to get yeah. one. And if Carey Price stands on his head, then Toronto's down one nothing in the series. Yeah, it's a big F. I mean, you're you're relying on Carey Price, who's been incredibly inconsistent and banged up, to come in and stand on his head. He's fully uh, capable of it. He's one of he's he's a world class talent. But I mean, that's a tall task against this Toronto team. They're just so deep. I just think that we're overlooking the fact that you just need to win gritty in the playoffs to try <laughs> and get ahead. I mean, we've seen it enough. I've covered enough playoff series when they go in going, there's no yeah. chance they're going to win. They're going to get swept and they end up beating them. So sure. uh, look at the Tampa series against Columbus a few uh, last year, right? Or two years ago when they have 62 wins or 60 wins. Anyway, um, I'm just telling yeah. you, I think that there's going to be a surprise in this series. Okay. So tell me your series winner of the Leafs and Habs. I've got Toronto in five. I'm not changing on that. Okay. No matter what happens here, moving forward <laughs> with injuries or goaltending to me, it's, it's, it's a non-issue. I'll give, I'll give Montreal the benefit only in that apparently if fans now in Quebec are potentially able to get back into that building, we might see them, I believe in game six. So if they make it that far, then I'll give them an opportunity, maybe a chance. But right now I got Toronto in five. Which is funny because I think you've picked every Canadian team to win the Stanley cup this season. Um, <laughs> but I, I do, I'm going to have to lean towards it and go, the Leafs should win this series. They do have a much talent, much more talent lineup, but right now, uh, Montreal just, they scare me a little. I just think that they've got these young kids. If they ever put Caulfield and Kakaniemi in the lineup, that might cause some issues. Play. It. Yeah. yeah which doesn't make play. any and sense right of why now, they're Ducharme not playing. playing them. Well, it, and, well, I can understand. Okay. Well, I can understand this one thing. I can understand Ducharme being reluctant to put in a guy like Romanov in the back end because he's a little bit more streaky in his own zone. And when you're playing against a heavily armed offensive team like Toronto, 
you don't want to rely on all your skill. I feel like his game plan is, is very much clear at this point. It's going to be to play very greasy, try to sucker them into some physicality and try to, you know, win those low scoring games, but we'll see. I, at this point, I don't see it really working out for them, but you never know. Uh, quickly, who leads this series in points at oh. the end? I mean, do I just say it and go with Marner, perhaps? Matthews, I know, can score. I like Marner. He's can, he can rack up some apples, perhaps. And if they get enough power plays, I feel like he's your no-brainer. I want it to be Cole Caulfield is what I want it to be. However, <laughs> we'll have to play that one by ear. I. I think okay. Mitch Barner becomes, I mean, he's just so dynamically offensively exactly. gifted. I, I think he ends up with the most points. Uh, interesting. I'm mean, looking forward to seeing how this series plays out, especially in the first couple of games until Toronto, I think, figures out what it needs to do in the postseason. Lots of veterans. They just need to figure out a way to play together under this particular yeah. format. Okay. Uh, three other games going on. We're going to quickly move through, the, through these. Tampa and Florida, the series switches back to Tampa. Lightning are up 2 nothing. Who wins tonight? And it's funny because a lot of us had Florida, especially myself, as a dark horse, although in my bracket, I have Tampa going forward. But in any case, that's another conversation. Um, no, I, I just I know that the Panthers came into this thing trying to pull, you know, Tampa Bay into the fray with them and and perhaps draw lots of penalties, bring that physical play. And I mean, Tampa's matched it so far. And I think yeah. at this point now, I think they're going to be proving a little too much offensively. They're just so deep. It's, it's impossible to compete with. I really like Barkov and the way he's played. I just don't think they've got enough offensively going for it. And Barkov, by the way, have you noticed the front of the net? He's passing up way too many shots. Yes, yeah, agreed, agreed. And they're going to have to change all that. They need, but I mean, again, I can't say this enough. I just think you can't go head to head with Tampa and their and their and their offensive prowess right now. They're start trading a chance. We saw a lot of chances being traded in those first two games, and it's not going to work out well for Florida if they keep that up. All right, uh, Pittsburgh, the Islanders. That series knotted at one. Uh, what do you like in this one tonight? That one is almost, well, especially game two, it's like a war of attrition as far as going after each other's goaltenders. I couldn't get over that. And it was so blatantly obvious that there, there's a bit of game gamesmanship going on there. But I don't like that. But I guess as a defenseman, it'd be fun to try to clear guys up and get in those scrums. I still like Pittsburgh. I just think they're they're with the leadership they have and all the experience and guys like Crosby driving that bus, they're hard to bet against. But this series in particular is incredibly divided for me. I'm still sort of torn. I don't see a real clear-cut winner, but I'm still going to lean a little bit towards Pitt. I just think with their winning history there, they know how to do it. Yeah, and it's I mean, they have Sidney Crosby in the lineup who tries to will everybody to win anyway. I completely understand where you're going with that. I'd probably pick Pittsburgh as well. Okay, finally, uh, Mark Stone, your good friend in the Vegas Golden Knights, tie it up at one. <laughs> now, can they go ahead with the game being back in Minnesota? This Minnesota team gives Vegas fits. Yeah, and I was surprised. Well, maybe I shouldn't say surprised. I thought Vegas was was really going to dominate in this series much more than they have. I thought they came out really slow in game one. They came out slow again in game two, but they turned it around in that second period of game two. And it feels like now they've got a lot of momentum and Petrangelo looks like himself. I believe he was plus two in that second game and he had about 22 minutes of ice. He was a plus player. I think, I think having a, a Stanley cup champion like him, who they brought in, Finally finding his game. I know he kind of turned it around halfway through that season. He struggled early on, but he's looking like himself. And I feel like that team's going to be incredibly dangerous now moving forward. So I got Vegas. All right. So here are the picks. Meth likes Toronto, Tampa, Pittsburgh, and Vegas. I will agree yep. on three of them. I'm going to say Montreal may surprise the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. Those are Holt. the picks. Uh, now let's go make yours. All right. Sportsinteraction.com slash Wally and Mathot Sports Interaction is Canada's online sports book. 
must be 19 or over to play. Odds subject to change. All right, up next, we go from one of the game's all-time great goaltenders to one of the potential future scoring stars in the National Hockey League. Today in the Faces Magazine interview room, we talk with the Belleville Senators' leading scorer, Igor Sokolov, who has a great story to tell and a reminder to check out the latest edition of Faces Magazine featuring my shutdown partner, Mark Mathot, facesmag.ca. Please be joined now by the leading scorer of the Belleville Senators, Igor Sokolov. Welcome to the show, my friend. Uh, happy to have you aboard. Thanks for having me. You know, I'm looking forward to talking to you guys. Can you talk about, uh, let's just start in your season. Uh, has it gone better than you expected, where you thought you'd be? How would you assess how things are going right now for you? I think, yeah, it's definitely probably better than I expected because, you know, it's a new league. And, you know, I, especially with the COVID stuff, like I haven't played a game before. February like was was like always almost a year. So I was play, last game. So I was playing against the young kids. They were 18, 19, 17, 16. And here I have to walk in and uh, you know have a campus dance and then uh, go play against the guys who have experience playing in NHL and stuff. So I thought it would be really tough, but I think it took me first four games. Like we played, like considered them as a preseason games against Laval. Basically, those four games where you know like I just realized how how good of hockey that is and you know I have to adjust as quick as possible because we have a shortened season so you know just I played those four games and I took a lot to learn we had 11 uh, 11 days off and we didn't play 11 days and you know I did a bunch of videos and you know tried to adjust my game and it started paying off you know since then like you know started scoring the goals and uh, having a good game and just you know just try trying to get better in, in every aspect of the game I was going to say in the last uh, 16 you have 16 points in your last 18 games, 10 goals. You're now tied for, I think, seventh or eighth in uh, scoring with 14 goals overall in the league. Is there what was the biggest adjustment for you between the beginning of the year to where you're at now? I think how quick I have to make that decision. You know, it's not all about your legs, obviously, it's about your head and how quick you have to make that decision. And especially for me, I'm a shooter too. Like in junior, I would have like three, four seconds to do, I can, like, you know, release my puck here. It's, like, not even a second, and you have to shoot that as quick as possible. So, first four games, I had a couple, couple chances where I, you know, like, in junior, I would have walked in and just snipped that easily. But then I shoot that, and it's a stick, and it's a stick, and it's a stick, and it's the legs, and I'm like, what's going on? Like, I can't even get a shot on net. So, like, that was, I think, it was the biggest adjustment, where it's how, how quick is the game and how quick you have to think. Igor, you, you lost – so – and you can correct me if I'm wrong here. You lost a bunch of weight, right? Is that yeah. true? Yeah. So yeah. you're what? You were 240, and you you went down to 220. Uh, I was last year uh, by the end of the season. I was 230. Actually, it's my year. second year. I was heavier. So last year after the season, I wasn't in too bad of a shape. But I thought I, you know, like that uh, that time off we had, I thought I'd just you know get lighter and get and it's gonna help my speed. So you know, I just train hard and focus on my dieting and uh, you know I knew it was going to pay off so it, it did so I lost like maybe like 12 13 pounds over the summer I'm around wow. 217 218 right now yeah so what were you what you so did you have like anybody from the the senators organization help you with the dieting or was that all on your own I was on my own because that draft didn't happen until October right and I had time right. off since March so nobody was talking to me nobody was telling me what to do because you know, like if draft would have happened in June, it would have been way easier for me to know what's going on. And there's, I had to wait what six, seven months to get just picked and then go from there. And but 
I just took it off all myself and, uh, you know, it paid off. And I'm, I'm glad that I did it. I know how to treat my body and uh, what I have to do. Good for you. What did Drake Batherson have to say, or did he have much to say about how your off-ice training went? Well, we, we usually, like, we train together, right? So, in, I come to Halifax and tennis and gym and skate together. So, he was just always, like, pushing me and telling me just, you know, like, I looked at him, how he works hard, and I just wanted to like do the same thing right because the guy you know ripped up AHL in two years and two years and now he's an NHL player solid NHL player right so and he was my billet brother back in Cape Breton so you know like he obviously has something to tell me because like I I came in and I was 17 couldn't speak English and he was dragging me everywhere tried to help me to adjust so like he always gonna have something to tell me and he always texted me after the game like just you know like enough in even in training camp he would just text me after scrimmages and just like you know, say a couple of things like what I could have done and how I played. So he was just pushing me, pushing me, and you know, he had that little feeling that I might get bad, take my stance, and he was telling me that before draft. I was like, no way, no way, and then it happened. And I talked him like, how do you know? And he's like, I just had a feeling. Like, <laughs> I just had a feeling. Igor, I want to know when you stepped off the plane from russia because you live in the fourth largest city in russia to now you are in cape breton which is a small town on the east coast of nova scotia did you think like what have i done you know i'm that kind of person where i think i like when it's smaller and i think it was a huge bonus for me because right. everything was around me where i lived and like the rink was so close and stuff like that so like i didn't have to go far and then and then by the time goes and you get into the games and all that stuff and people start recognizing you and stuff like that, talking to you. And it's just a small, such a small town where everybody knows each other and stuff like that. So I, I really got used to it. And I, you know, like now being in Ottawa, it feels for me like so weird. I don't know, like obviously everything is closed and I'm like locked, like in prison in my house right now. But <laughs> you know what I mean? But at the same time, I like I loved it there. Like it was small, but it was so nice. People were so nice, and I loved it. I really enjoyed. Like I, I can spend every summer there. To be honest with you. So uh, I'll just ask you right now: What will you do in the summer as this season winds down here? Well, um, so I haven't I haven't been home in Russia for over two years two years now. So I got to go see my family. So I'm flying back for a month and a half ish. I got to finish some things like back home, just see my parents, obviously spend yeah. some time with them. It's been last time I saw them at the world juniors last year. So it's been over a year and a half and just not being able to be home for two years too, kind of rough on me. So going back then spend time with them a month and a half ish and uh, hopefully able to get to Nova Scotia, start my training, but slow, slowly going to start training in Russia, pace one and uh, then go Nova Scotia. Well, I got to do quarantine obviously, but, you know, try to do workouts, home and trace, just keep moving and stuff like that. And then to do the two weeks and uh, get back to training. So have you been invited into the Sidney Crosby, Brad Marsh and Nathan McKinnon group with Drake? Um, I don't know yet. I hope so. I hope Drake puts a good word for me. So <laughs> hopefully he does. I wouldn't I mean, mind skating with those guys. That's for sure. I think mean, how great would that be for your summer to be able to compete with those guys, NHL MVPs and all-stars? Oh, that would be incredible. I think it's it's a just it's a dream, obviously, you know, to seeing those guys on TV and watching them like playing in playoffs right now. And uh, just to be able to step on the ice with them would be just unbelievable. And just, you know, just it's just gonna just keep motivating me to get better. So I'm able to able to skate with them and compete against them and see where I'm at and uh, how they do it and how they just what they do on the ice, how they take care taking care of themselves and uh, how hard they're working. 
I think it's a lot of learning from those guys for sure. I've like, I've so many questions for you, so I'm trying to get through these. And I like how you miserable. Could, I, hey, I have I have a day off. You can you can talk <laughs> to me all day. Actually, killing Perfect. killing time at least. So like, how difficult or how miserable was? And you tell me how long it was. Like the first couple of months, if you don't know how to speak a language, like I've been to Russia and Meth has been there, and I've been to Belarus, I've been to Ufa, which isn't so far from you. Um, nope. Like it's a different world. So. You're coming here as a 17-year-old. I can't even fathom of what that's like because it's not like you can go hang out with your buddies to get away from it. So can you explain just how, like, does it affect the way you play the game when you are first trying to start in a new country? Uh, I think I think it does because, you know, you don't understand coaches, right? Like, they speak yeah. in English. They, they're not going to bring the translator for you just for you to come in a meeting and tell you, yeah, well, here we go. Here is our game plan translate that to you go obviously so but i thought for me that was a key that i had a great billet family and i had drake mm -hmm. around me so that just made me feel comfortable obviously like you know struggling through translator texting and translator and then then just right now like i'm telling you like me and my billet mom just laughing about what i was texting to her like the words <laughs> i was writing there are messed up like I can't believe I sent those texts to her. Like that was just miserable what was sending that. So I thought it's just like uh, how comfortable the billet family makes you. Like, I think it's a key for uh, most of the guys who come on over. Like, cause it's like, as you know what I mean? Like the guys who play from Canada and their parents coming to see them every weekend, but my parents can just take a plane 12, 5, 24 hours every weekend. So for me, it was a second home, obviously. So I think mean, that was the key for me, but it was difficult to start, but I made it work. And, you know, I'm thankful that, you know, that Bill of, Bill of family took me and, and Drake was there and it was just a great time. Did they save those text messages? And can you tell me something that was in them? Uh, so I was texting here while I was flying to, to Toronto. I was flying through Toronto, right? So, I just sent her a message like, I'm Toronto, just I'm Toronto. <laughs> and it's just like nothing else. Like it's just I'm Toronto and the Canadian flag. And like so, something like, I think it was something about like her living a breakfast. And I was just like, I don't even know what word was that said. Like I'm, I want to like, like uh, oatmeal for breakfast. I don't know what kind of word was that. I need to go through that again. And I'm going to send you to send it to you maybe after we're done, but you're going to laugh at that too. The, 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 the definitely the I'm Toronto is the best part. I think it was just I'm Toronto. That's not nothing else. That's <laughs> so awesome. Uh, and and the, the, fun, the funniest part that was like she made it. She made me feel so comfortable. She's like, yeah. She was like, yeah. I was just pretending you understand. I understand everything you said, but I didn't understand a word. So I was like, <laughs> glad you did. They, they do sound like special people, and I'm gonna get them to one second. First thing though, how long did it take you to learn all the bad English words? I think I knew the, all the bad words already back home in Russia, to be honest. <laughs> I think everybody knows the, the key words. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, yeah. your Billet family, uh, they are phenomenal people. They took in Drake, and then you come in as well. Uh, they own a grocery store, which you helped deliver groceries during the pandemic. Can you explain, I guess, the relationship that you've been able to build with these people now who aren't just people that gave you a house? They became part of your family. 
Oh, I think it's just, you know, they're like, I, I don't even call them like my billet family. I call them as a family right now because, you know, just uh, the thing they've done to me to not like to let me stay over the pandemic time at their place and take care of me and help me. So at that time, I just wanted to find a way to give back to them and give back to Cape Breton as a community, what they've done for me, to me for the past three years. Right. So I was like, we got to do something because they own the grocery store. So, and we sit down with the billet mom and we talked about what we can do. So, and she came up with the idea where she's going to make a Facebook page and she knows so many people around Cape Breton, whereas she knows the people who has the kids and their immune system is not, not great. Right. So they couldn't literally like leave the house because it was too scary to even go to the grocery store. So, and, we just decided to do that. And I thought it was just a great idea for me to do and kill time right after I work out. Just, and you know, for me, it's just always give back, right? Like people do something for me. I have to do something back. And, you know, for like my billet family, like I just can't thank them enough. It's, you know, we just build a relationship for the rest of their life. And, you know, I always going to call the gay bread at my second house and I always going to come for a visit and we're going to spend a lot of time together. I, What's your favorite thing to do in Cape Breton? Um, <laughs> my favorite thing to do in Cape Breton. You got me on that question. <laughs> I think we, my favorite thing was to go to the movies on Tuesday night for cheap night. I think that was the most like the best the best part of the week. Well, besides games, obviously, but. Going sure. to chip night movies with the boys was the I think the the best thing. You guys uh, playing what? video games? Video games or anything? Yeah, video games is a thing too, but it's like, not as like, fun. Oh, you're not. Yeah, I know. Well, that's and a lot of th- a lot of people don't understand when you're playing in junior. There's not really a whole lot you can do, right? Like you're sitting at home. You're not really making any money. All you're doing is playing hockey. Maybe going to school. Maybe going to cheap movie night. But otherwise, it's just the same thing, right? So, yeah, it's the same thing. All it gets challenging. Yeah, yeah. Is there like uh, anything in particular? When, sorry, when Anton Volchenkov, who played for the Ottawa Senators, came over from Russia, he didn't understand English as well, but he watched movies every night just to try and learn the English language. Was there something that you tried to do other than, I guess, take English lessons that would help you learn? Yeah, I actually did watch like sometimes like at nighttime, I would just sit down with the bells and they're going to throw the movie on. I'm just going to pretend that I understand it, but I just tried to get into it at least a couple words at the time, couple more, couple more words and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, I went to the movies with the boys, even at the start, like Drake, Drake just dragged me to that. He's like, yeah, you're going like, you have no other option. Like I'm not letting the student <laughs> home. Like, yeah. so he just took me and I'm just, I'm just sitting there with my hand is in popcorn and I just pretend that I'm understanding something, but I don't, I have no idea what's going on, what's going on, but I tried to try to understand that at least I think that helped as well. What food do you miss the most from Russia? Uh, I think our our soup. You ever heard of borscht? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's 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 the best thing. It, like, would you ever get a care package sent over to you or anything from Russia? Yeah. Did did I don't? Did you ever get snacks or stuff sent over to you? No, we actually have a in Ottawa. We have a Russian store, and we made we went there. But nice. a couple of things, but I'm going back home already in a week. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'm not going to buy way too many things, but, but a couple of things, you know, just like felt, felt really weird to walk in and see all the things like I haven't seen in two years. Right. 
but yeah. there's people who is from Russia working there and they have all the Russian stuff. So it was, it was pretty fun, but I usually just, I never asked for anything from back home because I don't know, like I, I know, I knew that at some point I'm going to go back and I didn't know, like, I'm going to get stuck for two years. Right. So, <laughs> so is there one uh, thing in, in North America or in Canada, that's a food that you just absolutely love? That I absolutely love. I don't know, to be honest. I think I eat everything. Have you had poutine? Yes, I did, but it's too, it's just, it's not, it's not a great food for you. So. No, it's not, not after trying to lose, not after trying to lose all that weight too, right? It's no, not exactly. exactly. Sometimes you got to treat yourself, right? But I don't think it's something I would go for. Oh, I love a good poutine. All right. Um, we'll get to your draft. And uh, can you, I know this one probably like, I, I'm assuming the draft stings for you up until this year when you get passed over twice, you go to Columbus, try to, you know, as a, I guess almost on a tryout basis, hoping to get something like when you got drafted, can you explain the euphoria or how you felt of what that moment was like? I felt just great. That's first thing I felt I thought about that all the hard work, everything I've done just paid off at that moment. And then I was just thankful for everybody who supported me along the way, who just stick with me and who just, you know, just help me and support me in my up and downs. Obviously my family, my bill of family, the coaches and everybody like, right. So my bodies. And then I just knew like that, that's, that's the first step when, you know, the hard work you put in is paying off. Right. So now obviously this is over. So next thing I have a camp and then, all that stuff. So I thought it was just, it was a great relief. Right. So I think, I think it's why we're like in hockey, like when you work for something and you get it, you feel great that, you know, the hard work you pay, put in, it paid off. So I think that was, that was the big thing. Do you feel like you owe it to Ottawa to show them how good you are just because they took a chance on you? If you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, you know, I'm thankful that they took me and obviously, you know, like, I'm not just going to be one of those guys who everybody like nobody probably expected 20 year olds get picked in the second round. Right. So I think I have lots of to show and I lots of to prove to people. So, you know, I'm just, you know, taking a day by day, game by game. And now, you know, year year almost done. And uh, I'm going to have an exit meeting with, with the coaches and see what they tell me, what I have to work on and, you know, come back and even, you know, better player next, uh, next camp and uh, show it to sense camp what I can do. And uh, we'll go from there. So Igor, when you're on a, so I know from experience, when you're on a two-way deal, it can be difficult to break into the NHL, right? I know numbers always play into it and the guys on the one-way deals typically get more looks, you know, because teams are going to cater to them a little more. How much pressure are you putting on yourself next year? Obviously you're finishing off with a fantastic year behind your belt. What's your approach now going into next year's camp? Like I'm guessing you're going to feel like you have to be lights out to get a spot on this team, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I agree with you. Obviously, the guys who signed the one-way deals have a better look at, right? But at the same time, you, you see how many guys, you know, this year from Ottawa, like Drake and Josh Norris and yep. obviously Brady and Tim, like, they all, you know, two, two-way two deals, obviously. And Drake was a fourth-round pick as well, right? So you see right. at him, he got a look in the, his first year. I mean, you know, like, he got a look at the first year, he played – another 20 something game in the second year. And as a third year guy, he walks in and he just claims the spot. Right. So I think that's the, 
obviously, you know, just coming into the camp and have a right mentality, just what I can do and what I can show, not to, you know, not to try to be a different player. Like, you know, if I, if everybody knows, like I can shoot the puck, like I'm not going to, you know, try to like, I don't know, obviously hit, work hard and all that stuff, but I'm not going to be that type of player. Right. So I'm not going to try to change myself. So I think that's the most important part. And then have a great off season, you know, like I said before, talk to the coaches, what I have to work on and what I have to do. And then talk to the strength coach. How is my off season training is going to look like, and just, you know, come, come back here with the right mindset and I see where it goes. Yep. How did you get your release of your shot to be world-class? I think, you know what? I think I, I wish I didn't work on that as much back home. I worked on my skating a little bit because past two, three years, everybody <laughs> talks about my skating, right? So everybody talks about my shot in a positive way, but everybody talks negative about my skating. So I think it, it was just like something I was doing back home then, like when it was like 10, 11, my release was already pretty pretty nice because like my dad would make me shoot like 500 600 shots a day just you know just for fun of it and uh, i just you know just took it every day basically and uh just kept on getting better and better and uh, you know i'm happy where that we're at right now and you know i just want to continue to work on it because you know dream is playing in nhl and it's going to be less time than nhl to release that puck so have to work on that so where did you practice those shots? Is it the basements, the backyard, driveway? Are they pucks? Are they balls? Give me the set. Um, yeah, we had a we had a place where you just go like, let's say like it's like an off season, off season like spot for guys like tra- like training areas, and they had a net and stuff like that. So like sometimes I would go in there for like I don't know just some kind of workout, right? Sometimes I'm just gonna go for shooting. Sometimes you know those things where they put like a thing on you is the fake ice and it's you skating on the fake ice and stuff like that Sometimes yeah, I would come. Treadmill. so that would be yeah. that place where twice a week i would come there and just shoot like around like 500 600 pucks and work with the metal puck and all that stuff and my like my wrist keep i'm getting stronger and stronger with that and uh, shooting to like 500 600 shot at some point is going to get better right yeah so that was the thing okay now you talked about your skating i just watched some highlights over the weekend when you guys are tearing it up in Belleville, I, I don't see a problem with your skating. I think your wheels look pretty good when you took the puck and went end to end nearly like, I, I, are we talking too much about your skating? Is it like, I think that you're probably pretty good skater based on the highlights that we've seen here. You know, I will, I will just say like, I knew that my skating was a concern one year ago when I got passed over two years ago, when I got passed over, but past, two and a half summers when I started training in Halifax, it's the only thing I've been working on consistently. Like it's just been that skating, skating, skating. Right. So that's was my main focus. So, you know, at some point it should pay it off. And I thought this year, I, you know, like talking to even to Troy, like the head coach of Belleville. And he always tells me like, he always tells me, I think your skating is underrated. I think people don't realize like, cause you're a big guy and everybody thinks you're smooth and slow, but at the same time you're catching up to the guys and, all exactly. that stuff, right? Well, you, you, it's probably, it's probably how it works. Like I'm six, four guy, 220 pounds and could be a guy five, nine. And if he's 170 pounds, he's going to look faster, right? Yep. Like his feet are going to yep. look like yep. they're moving faster. So, but I think it's just the way I've been working on it and like the training off the ice and training on the ice and skating and working on that paid off. And, you know, it's, it's always going to be a concern for me because I'm a big guy and I have to get better at that. But, I don't think it's that a big of an issue, but like everybody talks about. 
What's your season like with Troy Mann as the head coach of the Belleville Bulls, uh, Belleville Senators? Sorry. Oh, it's uh, it's been great. Like he's just been great, and you know he just you know has lots of meetings with me, talks to me, and uh, I think I'm just thankful for opportunity he gives it to me, like playing on power play, playing the top top line minutes, and you know just it just makes me feel more comfortable and uh, just more confident with the puck, and uh, I just think he just. You've done with the great job with every guy here. Like we have so many young guys right now, like first year guys. And I thought I think everybody like over the year got so much better and everybody's more confident now. So I think Troy just doing an unbelievable job in, in Belleville. Like you see guys like Josh Norris again, Foreman then and Batris and, and Brandstrom now. And they all, you know, played last year in the NHL full season. They had a great team and now they're up in the NHL. Why is that? What is it that he does? that is able to develop these players so well? I think it's just the way he's pushing us. Like he just, you know, he just pushes us all the time and he talks to us and, you know, he tries to find that middle point where, where we all com- comfortable with, right? Like he just, you know, like he has a lot, we have a lot of video to We do a lot of video and, you know, like we learn from that, like, and then like we have the individual meetings and all that stuff. He talks to you once in a once a week, two two times a week, whereas he's gonna tell you how you look on the ice, what you can do better, you know, like and it's just like the way he does his job and he loves winning. So that's that's another part. If you if you want to win, you gotta get better, right? We started two and eight, right? And right now we have a chance to broke break the franchise record. We got seven wins in a row and we tied it yesterday, right? Yeah. So like that's I think that's that's a pretty good accomplishment, right? Like, if you're going to ask me two and eight start and finish the season with seven and all now and two more games against Marley's, hopefully we get both of those and finish off and nine and all would be crazy for me. Uh, and so what's a successful year for you? Has it already been successful? Is there anything else that you need to do in your game to say that you had a great season? I think it's just those last two games. I, I have to play how I played my last games. Just keep you know, keep focusing on defensive game. And I think if I do right things on the ice where, you know, taking care of the zone and, you know, I obviously going to be able to create something in offensive zone, but less time I spend in D zone and try try to like, get the puck away from the from the guys, you know, more time and spend in offensive zone and try to create chances. And, and you know, obviously it's not all about scoring. Obviously scoring is always, you know, great feeling. And But I think it's like as long as you're taking care of the D zone and stuff like that, your points are going to come if you're an offensive player, right? So, it's just, you know, like just keep keep getting better defensively, keep, you know, just keep shooting on those details and uh, keep kicking it and, you know, finish the season strong. Obviously, it will be nice to, you know, win, win those two games and uh, have a pretty good status going into after off season. I feel like the, so the AHL, I played three years in the A before I finally made the jump. I feel like you get to a point where it, the, the game just starts to get a little easy for you. You know what I mean? Like where, you're very comfortable. You're almost excited to get in all the games because it's fun. Like it's just, yeah. it, it gets easier. And for me, when it got to that point, that's when I knew I was ready to make that jump. I, I was ready and I was finished with the American league. Do you feel like you're at that point now where, you know, you're like, okay, I, I needed more of a challenge. Now I'm ready to make the step. No, I think, I think it's still, I mean, it, I only, you know, like I only played 33 games in NHL. It's not even a full season, right? It's not even a half a full season. Yep. So, you know, obviously seeing the same teams has been, it's been weird. You know, at the same time you realize like you've been seeing the same teams and they know what you're going to do, right? And so like maybe playing against different teams, I, I would have had more goals, more assists and all that yep. stuff, right? Because, you know, some some 
some teams are just, you know, like they know what you're going to do. Like you play Laval 11 times, you play Marley's 10 times. Right. So I think, you know, I still have a lot to, not a lot of things obviously to do, but still some things to do, some things to prove when I'm ready to make that jump. And I think all my life I've been just doing everything step by step, you know, like going to junior and playing off all three years and stuff like that, not rushing myself to go back. After second year, when I got passed over to draft, not trying to go back to KHL and make money, I knew that I have, if I, if I didn't get drafted, I wasn't good enough in junior. So I have to prove that I can, you know, like rip it up and stuff like that. So yeah, I've done that in my last year in the queue. So then I realized, here we go. Q got easy. Now I have to move on this level. And right now I feel more comfortable and comfortable, comfortable, you know, obviously, you know, 35 games, if we played 76, maybe probably would be maybe at a different point right now. I would have maybe told you that I'm ready, but I think it's still some things to do and still some things to improve. A uh, couple of quick questions before we go. One is we always ask this question. That is, uh, <laughs> if you were, <laughs> Matt doesn't like my question. If you were sitting at home watching a movie and it's a cheat snack night, what is the snack you're going to eat to watch the movie? Cheats, cheat night snack i watched the movie I would we won't tell we cream. won't tell chris schwartz who's the strength oh, you said, you said yeah don't dairy tell queen, dairy queen ice cream. <laughs> that's good that's a, what, cut, it, cut it out cut it out <laughs> <laughs> oh, is there answer. a is it a sunday is it a chocolate sunday what is it oh it's a peanut butter blizzard no oh, that's specific i like Got that all he day knows what he wants. all day all day <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a milkshake from five guys between those two. Oh, those are dynamite. Those are so yeah. good. It's, it's pretty tight right there. Yeah, okay, fair uh, enough. I, finally, the, one of the things is uh, you got to play this year in, in Ottawa, which, I mean, it's a completely odd season, obviously, and no playoffs. Uh, if you don't make the Senators next year, you're going to go to Belleville. Are you looking forward to your third move here in three years to a different city? Yeah, we, we actually, when we were driving to Toronto, we stopped at the rink and, you know, the coaches wanted to show the first year guys like how how the rink looks and I thought it was great set up for for AHL team you know I thought it was really nice the gym and the dressing room and so I'm actually really looking forward to it because this year in Ottawa obviously like it's great that we're playing at CDC but most practices have been at the practice ring where we don't have we're working out at the Brook Street Hotel and all that yeah. kind of stuff right so we have to like go to hotel then go to this practice ring and then yeah. you kind of can't really cool down after because no lounge no gym and all that stuff so i think you know like i'm obviously happy that we able to play anyways right so but, you, are, you know i'm looking forward to go to belleville and because it's a great setup set up there yeah. and i loved it and you know just are looking you guys, forward to hopefully have fans next year are you guys practicing at the senseplex is that where yeah. you're skating yeah. oh yeah. yeah so you were there were you guys practicing there a little in the winter too and it was cold yeah <laughs> yeah, that's like, so I practiced there lots when I was playing with the Sens. It was an absolute nightmare. My feet, my toes were like ice, <laughs> icicles. And I would wear a turtleneck. I'd wear a turtleneck, like an Alexei Ashen turtleneck on the ice. Incredible. So I, I think it'll be a nice transition for you guys to get out yeah. of that area and back into Belgium. Seriously, though, you put the gloves on before practice and you touch your <laughs> stick and it's just like every okay. shot you take. It hurts. It hurts. Yeah, I know. I know. Well. We can agree on that, my friend. You guys are soft. Um, <laughs> who's your favorite player growing up? Yaramir Jagger, hands down. Ooh, good All pick. Time. Good pick. Yeah. 
He's classic. All right. Uh, we don't want to take any more of your time. Igor Sokolov, we appreciate you stopping by. We wish you all the best uh, in the offseason and, of course, next year. We hope to see you in Ottawa playing as a member of the Ottawa Senators here in the very near future, my friend. Take care. Uh, have a great summer. Thank you so much. Thanks for having Thanks, me. Igor. Okay, there goes Igor Sokolov in the Faces interview brought to you by FacesMag.ca. Don't forget to check out the latest edition of Faces magazine, which has lots of great people on it. I don't know who the main guy is, but there's like a Brent Wallace and like Megan Sheka and Gord Wilson and everybody else. So it's really good. Um, we'll figure out who the cover boy is at a later date. All right, uh, Craig, here we are. Welcome back. It is trivial trivia time, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we got another... Uh gong show sauce off game to award today uh so if you rewind back to our last show uh with chris weidman we uh we had asked uh which goalie did chris weidman score his first nhl goal on and so uh answer obviously and a bunch of people got it right which is pretty cool uh cam ward uh meth do you remember that game do you remember white's white's first goal I mean, no, I barely remember my first goal, so I, I, I'll leave it at that. I'm sure Wides would tell me all about it if I asked him, so here we are. Perfect. Um, so anyway, shout out to at a Matt 19 for uh, getting that one correctly. You just scored yourself a gong, uh, gong show sauce off game. Uh, perfect for uh, backyards, parking lots, whatever you need with your buddies this week uh, over the summer here. Um, and also a reminder too, if you're in need of a new gong show hat, check out their website, gongshow.com. They got over 70 different styles to choose from and they are all pretty sweet. So uh, if you're looking to update your, your lid game for the summer. I was thinking of the trivia question of being spell the city where wides played in Russia, but then I didn't know if I could get you to pronounce it properly. So I left it out. <laughs> meth got meth, meth kind of got it in the interview. I know. Shocked I me. Well, I was doing my homework. That's why. Otherwise I would have bombed it. So here it's, it's, it's all part. I'm learning from Wally here. I'm actually trying to prep before the show is a little bit. Nice. Like Good it. for you, well, Grasshopper. I was going to say, Wally's learning a little bit from you here with the beard coming in. I, we got to talk about this at some point and I figure it's right now. Is, <laughs> Wally, are you, no, are you growing a beard? No, I've never okay. seen this before. So, so here, and it's true. <laughs> it's never been this long on a television camera before. Um, we weren't allowed to have facial hair either had to be a full beard or you nothing so and uh we weren't at the time i wasn't one of the uh, november participants later we were allowed to do it but uh point is we do interviews now uh days leading up to the show uh -huh. and so for luongo i had already not shaven and i'm like well do i shave when we do the show or not so then i had to let it grow and then there was igor sokolov so after today's show i am shaving it back down and it'll be clean cut from here on. Let it go. I want to I, see you grow it. Let it I mean, go. This is a playoff. You're talking about a playoff beer, right? You yeah, started growing it yeah. at the beginning of the playoffs. I think you should run it out. But anyway, <laughs> I just think it looks like it looks like hell. This is what it does. Like, it'll have its phases, right? It'll look good, then it'll look bad, then it'll look good. I and mean, that's kind of how beards work. So, but I can't like stop to touching it. it. And so, I, I, I got it. I I don't know. All right, we'll see. Okay. No promises. Well, okay. Yeah. All right. I just figured we should probably talk about this at some point because people are noticing that all of a sudden uh, Brent's getting a little grizzly on the beard. So anyway, uh, I like, it. I think it looks good. Just let myself go. Anyways. Okay. Well, Hey, why don't we, uh, why don't we give away some more stuff today? So we have a new sponsor uh, sliding in today. Bonesaw hot sauce. Have you guys tried? They sent us some stuff. Have you guys tried it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They had their, uh, their final boss. My wife decided to go right. She went right for the hottest one that we were given. Yeah. And, uh, 
I had a, like a thimble of it on my tongue and it was on fire for like 20 minutes. So I haven't, yeah, I think you got to work your way up. Yeah. You got to work your way up. Final boss. I think that's why they call it that. Right. Just maybe yeah. that was supposed to be left for the end. Yeah. Pretty tasty. And they make some good stuff. So, uh, awesome. uh, bone, bone saw hot sauce, uh, hot sauce that cuts the bone, get your locally made hot sauce at bonesauceco.com. Uh, today we're giving away a hot sauce prize pack. And if you can get the answer to this question correctly, you will be entered into a draw for it. Uh, and the question is, uh, who is Igor Sokolov's, favorite hockey player so contest closes on saturday may 22nd at midnight and we're going to reveal the answer on our next show so head on over to twitter and use the hashtag wally and Mathot, uh to give us your answer um yeah boys so that was another pretty pretty solid show i'm actually going to go dip into some of this hot sauce shortly i think now too you got me jones for a little bit i'll i'll try to wash it down with a white water beer because i like just the thought <laughs> of my eyes watering with hot sauce i don't know if i can i just i can't do it <laughs> yeah, I, I like where our sponsors are going too. Beer and that's the and mild. Hot sauce. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna, yeah. Next up will be obviously we'll need to have something to drink and, and we'll need another snack of some sort, maybe ice cream. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, anyway, uh, if you like our show, click like and subscribe on our YouTube channel. Also, you can find us on all the podcasts Apple, Spotify, Google, and many others that host podcasts. Uh, again, thanks to all our sponsors, BEI. And Whitewater Beer, of course, don't forget the 15% off coupon. Faces Magazine, Sports Interaction, gongshow.com, and our new one, Bone Sauce Sauce. Uh, guys, have a great weekend. We will see you on Monday, uh, and we have a huge guest lined up for that show, so we'll tell you all about it uh, leading up to Monday. Take care, everybody. Uh, yes. You're watching the Wally and Mathot Show. Saved a chipmunk yesterday from a vicious fight, by the way. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Very sweet. Yeah. Took him in the house, washed him off. Yeah. Anyway. It's a long That's story. awesome. Good for you. Wait, wait. You took him in the house? So yesterday, I'm crossing the street from the park just to come to the house from the mail, and a chipmunk runs across the street at me and is at my foot, and I think he's about to attack me. And he's tiny. And then he takes a jab at my toes, and then I'm like, okay, whatever. But he doesn't really bite me. He then, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to walk away. He follows me, so I'm now sitting on the grass, and he's on my hand, and he's up my back. And I try to hold him and put him in the grass, and he... I love, wait, I love how, like, just how you're glossing over the fact that this thing was all over you. Wait, what? Like, what? Yeah. So, so he's still on me, and I put him, uh, he's trying to get between, I'm sitting, like, cross-legged, and he's in between my legs he's trying to hide he needs like shelter anyway after a while he leaves my daughter brings out a bowl of water for him and so i'm holding him while he drinks this water anyway later in the night i'm in the backyard i can hear these it's we always hear chipmunks and squirrels in the backyard but also i mean like squish the scruffling and then i hear a, a thump and then i see two chipmunks running up the tree and one of them is behind the other one biting at the guy and i'm like is that my chipmunk so I get up and by this time now they've fallen back for like a six foot fall onto the ground and they're going at it. And so I walk over and the other chipmunk takes off and this little chipmunk just rolls over. <laughs> and I think, I'm like, God, he's dead. So I pick him up and he's got blood pouring out of him. So I carry him in the house and I'm at the sink, washing him off. And then I take him outside and he stayed in the flower Wait. bed all night. <laughs>
Am I the only one who thinks the story is just insane or? <laughs> yeah, I'm still yeah. trying to piece it together. <laughs> so, oh, oh, by the way, not the same chipmunk. Because I have okay. pictures of All both right. chipmunks. Yeah. Jesus. Anyway, I went out this morning. Right. He's not there this morning. Okay. Well, that's it, that's good. I th- unless a bird I think, came by and just yeah. it like an He was hiding in the chive, so I don't know. I, I think he's... <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.